you're welcome. I mean, welcome to my 20th episode. <laughs> Binte, as they say in some Latin languages. Number 20, that makes me happy. I've been co- uh, going since April, and now it's September. That's fun. I have four different topics on the docket today. And one of them, uh, first one, is uh, favorite actresses or female actors. My last episode, I talked about my favorite actors and, and comedians. So th- uh, somebody commented, hey, what about the favorite actresses? And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do that next uh, episode or whatever. So I'm going to start this episode out with that. Then I'm going to talk about stand-up comedy and my opinion on stand-up comedy, especially this year, mostly pertaining to the stand-up specials that have come out. I'm going to talk about those. And then some bad job interviews. I've had some, I have a fair share of bad job interviews. So I'll kind of detail those. And then um, a little cherry on top at the end with uh, some stories about my uh, stealing and downloading movies. Um, So... I'll preface it by saying that I lived in Brazil at the time, and in Brazil it's not considered to be illegal, so... Anyways, I have some stories about that. So that's my episode. Hopefully you're sticking around till the end. Just wanted to give a little rundown. Peace out. Actually, stay. So, favorite actresses, man. I'm gonna go favorite actress, and then first movie that I saw that actress in. Female actor. Whatever. First up is Carrie Mulligan. I haven't seen her in much, but first thing I saw her in was Drive in film school. And she was just so, like, cute, petite, innocent, being protected by Ryan Gosling. And and since that movie, I've seen her in a couple things, and she has never had a bad performance, in my opinion. I'm blanking on the name, but the movie that she just came out with recently, where she's the lead of it, it's kind of like a slasher movie. She undoubtedly proved that she can lead a movie, that's for sure. Uh, Second up is Natalie Portman. Uh, First thing, besides Star Wars, I'm not going to count Star Wars. First leading role that I saw her in was Black Swan. I discovered that movie in film school as well. I've talked about this movie before because it's in my top four, actually. And top five, but top four. (laughs) Natalie Portman completely won me over in that role because I am with her for the entire time. I'm feeling what she's feeling. She's so gripping and making me feel her experience. And that's why I, I love... I wish every role of hers could be like Black Swan's, but unfortunately that's just not... There's so many varying factors as to why that can't be the case. Third, I put Melissa McCarthy. Uh, First thing I saw her in was Bridesmaids, and I was like, who is this woman? She is so funny. And then come to find out she can act. She had a sitcom that ran like five seasons. I think I watched two seasons. And it was pretty decent. But yeah, she's um, branched out into more skit comedy impression stuff. Or she's doing a lot of film acting. Like dramatic acting. I mean, she's still involved with comedy and and more like kind of action. Like Spy, Ghostbusters. Those are um, action comedies. But she's great, dude. She's great as Mike Pence. Uh, next is Jennifer Lawrence. First thing I saw her in was Hunger Games. And then I backed up a couple movies and watched her very first movie, Winter's Bone. Uh, and then I think I saw her in uh, Last House on the Left, which is a remake. I think that's what it's called. I think Aaron Paul is in that movie too. And there's a really graphic, gory scene that, that happens with uh, his hand in a dish disposal. <laughs> you know, it's absolutely revolting. Plus, like, Jennifer Lawrence... 
I have loved her bubbly, energetic personality on every talk show interview that I've seen her do. I just feel like I would totally get along with her in person. Plus, she's a klutz, like, uh, tripping walking upstairs as she goes to accept her Oscar two years in a row. It just doesn't seem like she's afraid to be herself, and I, I really admire that. A lot of people do about her. Next is Nicole Kidman, and I cannot remember the first movie I saw her in. But I think she's been in my life the longest. She's been around the longest. I remember seeing The Others when I was 11. And that was a that was a horror movie she had been in. But I was familiar with her, Nicole Kidman, before that. So before I was 11. But I can't remember what movies I would have seen her in. Oh, Batman. Of course. Of course. I saw her in Batman. Uh, Forever. Batman Forever, right? <laughs> I think so. I think Nicole Kidman's in that with Val Kilmer. Yeah, okay. Alright, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Dude, but she has been in some massive projects. Dogville is such a heart-wrenching movie by Lars von Trier. Watched it in film school as well. It's like three hours long, and the whole film is filmed like a play. Filmed like a play, but not only that, it's like nothing exists as far as structures of homes or houses or it's all on a sound stage but people walk through doors they open invisible doors and they have these sound effects that play and nicole kidman's character gets like passed around to the village men and she, she becomes i mean dogville she becomes kind of like their dog and and it's a powerful movie for learning how to stand up for yourself to bullies and to be unapologetically you. James Caan is in that movie, and I remember having my jaw dropped for the last 15 minutes of that movie. I sat up front in my seat and was going, for the last 15 minutes of the movie. Dogville is incredible. That's my favorite Nicole Kidman movie. But then she's been in stuff like Eyes Wide Shut, the HBO series that she's doing right now, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and just, like, so many others, and she's only, like, mid 50s I think early 50s and she still looks mid 30s which that's debatable but Nicole Kidman looks incredible for her age not gonna lie so then the the last one that I have listed here but is she's not the last uh, in my heart uh, but that's Zendaya I remember being 16 or 17 when she had her show and that was like pretty much iCarly was the end of my run with like the Nickelodeon show so Zendaya's phase like uh, bypassed me. Just Dance or you, something Dance? It was with her and the red-headed crazy chick. I don't remember. But I love Zendaya. Yeah, anyways, I remember that she was on that show, but the first movie that I saw her in was probably Spider-Man Homecoming? No. Nope. Uh, first movie I saw Zendaya in was The Greatest Showman. That's what I saw her in. And I was like, I like I think she probably has one of the best laughs that I've ever seen. It's just explosive. And then to see her go on and do stuff like Euphoria and the gut-wrenching dramatic scenes that she performs in that show. I can think of a couple different ones. One where she's begging and pleading at her drug dealer's home and the drug dealer doesn't want to give her anymore. And then some conflict with her mom. And I think it's in one take and it was super rehearsed, but she's screaming at her mom and kind of putting her mom in a very dangerous situation. But before you think that's the end of my list, it's not. I have some honorable mentions. Uh, first honorable mention is Jodie Foster. 
I honestly cannot remember the first movie that I saw her in, but when I was turning 18, I did see, finally, Silence of the Lambs, and she obviously kills it in that movie. Let her relax, and figure it relax. And then about five or six years ago, I watched Leon the Professional, and I think she was 12 in that movie, and I don't think I realized that she had been acting for that long. But Jodie Foster's been around a long time, and I've, I've seen a couple of her directed movies, too. Oh, maybe the first thing I saw her in was something with Mel Gibson. Anyways, um, love Jodie Foster. Uh, Kathy Bates is another honorable mention. I don't think I like every performance that she does. That's why she's not, like, listed as one of my favorites. But the performance that I do love of hers, I love of hers. Like, Misery. And it, she played a similar character role who was probably a little bit more evil in uh, American Horror Story. A couple seasons of that. But Kathy Bates in Misery just freaked me out when I first saw it. Still does. I have the book and the movie, but I, I saw it when I was probably 16 or 17, and, uh man, the hobbling scene is just so rough. She won an Oscar for that role. Much deserved. Uh, last one, Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan, I enjoy her personality so much. She's super sarcastic and dry. Very UK uh, sense of humor. She's Irish. Lady Bird. I love... I think Lady Bird is the best movie of 2017. And I saw it three times in theaters. I love that movie so much. So I love Saoirse Ronan 90% for that movie. I've also seen several other movies with her. And I, I always love her. I don't think Lady Bird was the first movie I saw her in. But it is the best. She was good in Little Women too. Okay. I'm going to talk about stand-up. I have to do a little rant about stand-up because, honestly, I think stand-up has been really bad this year. I have five that have been bad, in my opinion. Like, when I say bad, I mean that this is how I watch them. Like this. Just completely straight face. I didn't laugh, dude. Just bad. And I can't even commentate all that much on them because I don't remember a lot about them. They were in one ear out the other. Uh, David Spade is the first one that I expected a lot more from you, dude. Um, it was just bland. It was just like, okay, well, I mean, I could have not watched that and been the same in my life. <laughs> kind of frustrating. Big letdown for me. Uh, Brendan Schaub is another one. And I don't... I don't like Brendan already to begin with. I kind of started out not liking him, and then I grew to like him a little bit through his podcasts, but I'd never really seen his stand-up, and then I watched his special, and I was like, you're a bad stand-up. He, he used to be a UFC fighter. As you can tell, kind of he has like a little bit of cauliflower ear. He's later 30s, and now he's doing stand-up, and I just don't think it's that great of a fit, honestly. But he can, he could podcast. He can, he has like, I mean, how many podcasts? He has a lot. But as far as getting up on that stage, I was not a fan of his material at all. I don't, I maybe did a chuckle once or twice during his special. Uh, Chris DiStefano, uh, Speciueshi, I hate that name. I get really annoyed when DiStefano does that stuff on his podcast where he just like, oh, Ishy Wishy, you know, Chrissy Wissy. It's like, oh my gosh, just, just be 37, please. Be 37, but... It's on Netflix, and he, you know, I listen to his podcasts. I'm a fan of more of these guys just for their podcasts and not really for their stand-up material. So, Chris DiStefano. But I do listen to his podcast, uh, Taste... No. Um, hey Babe, that he has with Sal Volcano from The Impractical Jokers. 
Um, Bill Burr. I was... This is like his seventh special, and I was really expecting more from him. I just added a couple that I remembered had bad specials. So, um, anyways, Bill Burr. Like, as I watch these, I keep track of how many times I laugh. And I know it's a good special when I've lost track of how many times I laugh. So, Bill Burr, I remember laughing maybe twice. And one was like a, <laughs> and one was like a, <laughs> I don't know if I can count those. Ricky Gervais, he came out with a special called Supernatural, and I was, I love Ricky Gervais, I love his previous stand-up specials, but I felt that there's been such a decline. I do applaud his bravery for how many subjects and how many topics he made fun of and, and poked fun, uh, and, you know. I mean, pretty much nothing was off-limits to him in his, his special, which he got a lot of flack for, but that's nothing new to Ricky Gervais. I love Ricky. His shows, his movies, and his stand-up, I'm a really big fan. Not his music, though. But this one completely missed the mark for me. I think I laughed one time. One singular time. Uh, I think Theo Vaughn had a special this year, and it was bad. I can't even remember if he had one this year. <laughs> so I just threw it on the list just to... Uh, just because I think he came out with one uh, earlier this year, Theo Vaughn. But it, it, I might not have watched all of it. I might have turned it off. Um, Jim Gaffigan, I think, came out with one this year or the end of last year. But I think it was this year. Yeah. This year. And again, I was like, man, I watched the whole thing mostly straight-faced. And that's not what I expected from Gaffigan. I don't know. I think some of these stand-ups really took a pummeling from the, from the pandemic or something. Because that's seven comedians that I just listed that really... Really kind of stunk this year. But four comedians that I thought had good specials this year and did make me laugh at least three times each. Joe List. Joe List had a special that he just kind of rapid-fired his jokes. It was awesome. I was like, there's no wasted time. There's no fat on this thing. He's just like, joke, 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 joke. I loved it. I thought it was great. And not every one of his jokes was funny, but... I really admire, I was like, that's, that's craft right there. Th those are written, rehearsed, and, and sometimes I can actually just be impressed by the comedian as opposed to thinking he's funny. Sometimes it's totally just about the performance itself. Uh, so Tim Dillon, I thought, had a really good special this year. And I, I'm really not much of a fan of his. Even on podcast appearances, I think he's kind of obnoxious. And I don't appreciate comedians or people who just think that their opinions are right and that they are right and that everything that they say is like some sort of big wisdom drop. And I feel like Tim Dillon kind of has that uh, vibe for me, but I thought his special this year was great. It just came out. So, yeah, he earned my respect. Plus, uh, he, d he did just appear on Joe Rogan's podcast, and that was pleasant. I did watch most of that, possibly all of it. So maybe I'm coming around to that guy. Oh, Norm MacDonald released a uh, posthumous comedy special this year. That means uh, after his death for some of you people. That's on Netflix. It's called The Nothing Special. And Norm MacDonald sits there at his computer and tells jokes into his camera. And at one point, he even takes a phone call. And like he's like, hey, I'm 
recording a comedy special. And his friend's like, oh, well, I just want to tell you something quick. That one made me laugh more than three times. That's the one that I was talking about where uh, there were some really good jokes in there because he didn't have to wait for any laughs. He just kept going with his jokes. And and uh, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Your last special made me laugh the hardest probably, so... And his special before that made me laugh so stinking hard. That might have been the hardest, actually. I showed that to a friend right after I watched it. Uh, I think it's called uh, uh, Hitler's Dog or something in Hitler's Dog. And it is, I think, on Netflix as well. And it's super funny. Plus his his shows that were on Netflix. Norm MacDonald has a show and then Norm MacDonald Live, I think. Though That was some really, really good entertainment with a lot of good guests that you, you would totally recognize. Uh, Sam Marill is the last one that I have listed here. Sam Marill just just came out. He's the most recent one with uh, with a really good special. And again, like Ricky Gervais, he's pretty uh, brave. Again, courageous with his uh, where he goes with his comedy, the topics that he touches on. You know, he was just not afraid to make people uncomfortable and make them think and raise some uh, really interesting observations. Kind of absurd, but I, I enjoyed his special. Okay, so these are two specials that I have not seen because I chose not to. I think I may have seen part of them or started them and uh, clicked out. I didn't want to finish them. And that is from Stavros. I don't remember his last name, and I don't care to look it up. Stavros is this... Um, he's this big, loud, burly dude... I mean, he's relatively short, but he's big. He's of Greek descent. Um, I saw him in a couple of pod, pod, podcast performances. And um, and can I say his laugh annoys the K-rap out of me? It's like... <laughs> it's like that. I can't stand it. I, I So, Stavros, not going to watch your special this year? Sorry. Maybe next year. Nope. Uh, Whitney Cummings clicked out of it almost immediately. I watched, okay, maybe five minutes, something like that. Maybe ten. Dude, she's obnoxious. Wow, she's annoying. The way that she brings up her topics, it's like, oh, dude, that's so generic. Come up with something creative. You know what I was doing the other day? Out, Mimi. I'm out, me. Really unfortunate year for stand-up. I hope things improve as we move forward. I hope to develop a stand-up special within the coming years. I think I have the space and the opportunity to. It it would just take the motivation and drive. But um, that is something I would absolutely love to put together and and just release on YouTube. Just, bam, Colin Everett special um, on YouTube. Show these cats how it's done. So I want to next talk about some bad job interviews that I've had. (laughs) Uh, So this first one. Um, okay, so when I was young, I lied to my parents. We were, sta- I can, we were standing in the kitchen, and I can just remember... I don't remember what I lied about, but I lied, and then they caught me. They were like, they questioned me about something. Well, didn't you yada yada? And I remember going, oh, like that. And they were like calling, like it was such bad acting. So I did that a couple years ago in a job interview. I don't remember why. But it was like resorting back to being five years old again where um, they wanted to hire me to fly a drone. And I had just bought my drone like the day before. And so I go to this job interview and uh, it's a couple. And they have this pretty small company here in my hometown. (laughs) This is pretty embarrassing. But um, I go, yeah, I just bought this drone and, uh, you know, I've been flying it and practicing with it every day since. 
<laughs> so then a little bit later in the conversation, he goes, so when did you buy it? I go, yesterday. Like, I could, I either I forgot or I just broke the lie. And he goes, oh, I mean, because you said that you've been flying every day since. And I go, oh! <laughs> like, yeah, that's all I said, too. I have spent the last couple of years thinking of other things I should have said in that moment where... Because this is actually true. I had gone over to my buddy's house and flown it. And it wasn't, you know, super extensive or anything, but I had flown it before I bought it. So I could have maybe expanded on that. It didn't help that I went home later that day and I tweeted, um, I just lied in a job interview today, something like that. <laughs> and like the next day they got back to me like, yeah, we're going in a different direction. Probably... Probably because, I mean, I talked about my social media, so they probably, all they have to do is go to my TikTok, click on my link tree, scroll, hit Twitter, scroll a little bit, because it was my latest tweet, <laughs> and see that I had tweeted, you know, about that job interview, which any job would not want to see that. So, um, yeah, they're like, uh, we're going to go in a different direction. I was like, yeah, understandable. I, I get that, yeah. So that was that was pretty unfortunate, that job interview. But that, this, um... There was one after that called at a place called Play and Spin in Niles, Illinois. And I had just graduated college. I moved there. And this lady offers me eight fifty an hour in Chicago. I was living in Chicago. And it was this was a twenty minute drive, probably a little bit more with traffic. I remember I had a back right tire that was flat. It got to the point where I was having to fill it up with air. Before my shift at work and then after my shift at work just to make it home. So she goes, yeah, um, so we pay eight fifteen an hour. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, is that going to work for you? And I went, um, I don't know. I should have, uh, ever since that moment, I thought about how I should have gone, no. And gotten up and walked out and found a job within... I mean, there were 11 restaurants within walking distance of my apartment in Chicago. And I didn't even think to get into the kitchen industry at that point. I was thinking film. I was trying to be there for film. So accepting the 8.15 hour was, was such a bummer. I only worked there two months. I only lived there two months. So then the owner walks up uh, after I had accepted the 8.15 and we were signing stuff. And he kept um, going, smile, smile more give me a smile and then i would you know kind of give him a smile he's like there there it is there you go there it is i was like ah, okay well that's weird that's one of the only times that it's happened but now i feel like now i know how women feel when because i'm sure that they're told that all the time i've heard that that's a really frustrating thing for women to be told hey smile put on a smile more i don't think i would ever ask somebody to do that maybe in a picture but no so after Chicago, I moved back and I moved in with a with a buddy and his family. He's a he's like a year and a half older than me, and I, his parents. And there there's a church that's really close to their place. And I see online that this church that's not even a mile away is looking for a camera video operator. And I was like, dude, that's why I moved to Chicago. And I was really bummed that that didn't work out long term. I was only there for two months, like I said. So then. I moved back, and I was like, dude, this is a sign. This is it. I need to get this job interview at this at this church for this uh, video director. I'd be making these videos. So this was a two-month-long period of the initial job interview, 
and then a couple working interviews where I made videos with their equipment and then I would edit and then I would show them and they would have to like review them. I made a couple different videos. One was kind of a music video short film type deal and then one was like a promo video for their church. It was called Daybreak. That's what it was called. But the, okay, so the guy that I interviewed was weird. Like he was showing me the backdrop of the stage that they, they just made. And so he asked me about it and he goes, isn't it pretty? And I was like, oh, <laughs> not the day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep, it's pretty. So he was kind of strange like that. It was a little creepy. And then he was also aggressive. He asked me a question. I was holding the camera and he asked me a technical question about the camera and I had to think about it. I, I So I'm thinking about it and then he goes, Colin! And I was like, whoa. And he, he did that again later and I was like, I don't know that I can work like that under somebody that just is so impatient and, and ready to be aggressive. <clears throat> and I, I had some weird vibes about this guy. His name was Mark. I don't care giving up his name because um, uh, for several different reasons. But I felt that he strung me along for those two months. And then just in an email at 4.59 p.m. They closed at 5. They went home at 5. 4.59 p.m. He sends me an email that I've been waiting for all day. The entire day I've been waiting for this he probably clicked send, got up, and left. <clears throat> so he wouldn't have to deal with my response. Because I had a response. Yeah, I Paragraphs and paragraphs of how this guy wasted my time. And I, I made a bunch of videos for you guys for free. You're welcome. You know, I was just really upset. And then he had kind of a damage control interview with me after that. Where we met in person. He's like, I could tell that you were really affected by that and all that stuff. And um, I, I was really upset. I was really upset for a couple months after that. I remember being pretty devastated. It rocked my world. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was, you know, a sign. If I think of any more bad job interviews, <clears throat> I'll make sure to bring them up in later episodes. But if you guys have any bad job interviews, please tell me. I'm, I'm so curious to hear about people's experiences because interviews are extremely awkward and formal and. And sometimes I really don't even like the person that's interviewing me, and I'm sure the feeling's mutual. Anyways. So, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, in Brazil, you can go to the mall, and right outside the mall, there's a big market. And at that market, you're going to find a bunch of pirated movies. Movies that haven't even come out yet. I don't know how that happens. Or movies that are in theaters right now, and people film them, put them on DVDs, and they sell them at these markets. And that's not considered to be illegal in Brazil. It's illegal here in the States, obviously. You can get massive fines, possibly jail time. But again, not abroad. So I remember my brother actually downloaded, he kind of got me into it a little bit. He downloaded X-Men Origins Wolverine. And I, this movie was leaked online before it was released in theaters. And the special effects weren't even done yet. Like, I remember one part where Sabretooth clicks on glass with his with his nails. And his nails grow in the movie, in, in the actual movie. But in the version that I saw before it came out, but in the version I saw before it came out, it they had it written. Nothing happened to his nails, but they wrote it on the screen. Nails grow, you know, like reminders for effects. And ever since I've seen that, I've, I've actually done that. I've started doing that where I'm like, okay, I need to remind myself to put an effect here, but I'm not going to do it right now because i got to edit. So that was, that was a really fun experience. That's the only time that's ever happened where I got to see before the effects were finished. 
Or, uh, like, Wolverine gets thrown on top of a driving truck, a driving uh, semi-truck. And in this version, Sabretooth throws Wolverine. And then it cuts to, like, a cartoon version of, of it happening. And then it cuts to Wolverine landing on the ground. I was like, whoa! Yeah, that is way before effects are done. Wow. Sherlock Holmes 2, I bought on DVD at one of those markets aforementioned. And um, this was before I started downloading stuff. I just wanted to... Dude, this movie had a full menu. And the movie was had just dropped in theaters. It had a full menu and it was HD quality. Like, n- not filmed in... I don't know how they got it. But that honestly was kind of an accomplishment of mine. <laughs> Out of all the movies that I could have chosen, that were probably a lot crappier quality. Sherlock Holmes 2 happened to be the one that, that worked out for me. I remember walking with my mom and I, I asked her, would you be upset if I bought one of those pirated movies at a market? And she's like, probably. And I was like, well, I did. <laughs> she had to think about that one for a little bit. I remember her taking a couple hours and then coming back to me and like, I do not want you doing that again. You can keep the movie, but do not do that again. <laughs> she didn't like it at all. Little did she know. Before I started actually downloading um I only did this one time, but I there was a store at a mall that I frequented, and there was a plan that I came up with. This was on my birthday. This this could have gone bad, but it was on my birthday. I go to the mall. I'm by myself, and I think, okay, I am going to get some movies. But with the money, the currency in Brazil, if a movie is like $15 in America, in Brazil it's like 75 bucks. If it just came out and it's not pirated, that I mean that's why they're pirated cuz nobody's going to spend 75 bucks on a movie. It's it's so absurd. I mean, sometimes it's in the hundreds. If if a movie just came out and it's on Blu-ray, it's like 129 reais and that's just you know, probably like 30 bucks, $30, but <clears throat> but they they also had some cheap movies, so I went I bought one of their cheap movies that was like for five AIs. That's like nothing. It's like a dollar. I went through and I actually bought this movie, but I spotted a movie that had just come out, Taken Two. And this was and this was seventy two AIs. That's their currency. That's the name of the currency. It's a Heiau or AIs plural. So seventy two AIs that I was not about to spend, nor did I have, but I wanted that movie. I buy it, they give me a bag with it, you know, a little grocery bag. I walk out, and after you buy in the store, you can walk out just a regular door that doesn't scan for the stolen stuff. (laughs) So I walk out that normal door, and I just make a loop back into the store. After a good, like, ten minutes. I waited ten minutes, then I go back into the store. I still have my bag. I was like, I gotta have quick hands. I, I walk back into the movie section. I walk past Taken 2. I, gr- I grab it without looking. I throw it in my bag. And I and I walk through the line of people. I'm like, excuse me, sorry. And I go through where you purchase stuff. Walked out the normal door. And I was like, <laughs> took two buses home and watched that sucker. That was another accomplishment too. Just the sly, like grabbing it, throw it in my bag, just like super quick. But on the cameras that were around, you would have had to be paying really close attention to see me just walk by and then all of a sudden Taken 2 is out there, you know? So then I found a way to start downloading on my computer. And dude, I'm not even joking, I downloaded probably hundreds, I know it was hundreds of movies, and this was leading up to film school. And yes, it was like behind my parents' back completely, they had no idea this was happening, and the rules were... 
no computers behind closed doors and no computers like in your bed at night but I was pretty darn sneaky and I would use my computer download these movies and I would watch them pretty late into the night which caused some frustration because I would because I would have such trouble waking up in the morning and that's why is because I was asleep I was awake until like four in the morning but man a lot of those movies included super bad role models Wolf of Wall Street Ted the whole show friends <laughs> like all 10 seasons i downloaded the whole show and yes like again i was deceiving in doing that but it was an education in its own right right after that i went to film school and then i started going to libraries my school had a really decent library and then the city of grand rapids michigan also had a really good library i would go and get 15 you could get 15 movies at a time i'd get 15 and watch them in a weekend and then return them and it was all for free so i didn't need to keep downloading stuff because everything like i had so many movies at my fingertips now and i was in film school studying movies so i was like okay maybe i should be a little bit more respectful i've had the education and like very eye-opening movies and now this is kind of a level up so i need to pay my respects and uh, so yeah, I had a lot of fun doing that because it wasn't just for like entertainment's sake for me. It was it was a couple of years of a precursor prior to going to college. That's kind of the way that I see it, and I, I, I like that. Movies are the one thing that I've dedicated my life to, so that is a lot of what my podcast is going to be. Is just the industry in and of itself: actors, actresses, directors, stand-up comedians. So I always appreciate you guys' comments in the comment section. If you make it this far in these episodes, thank you so much for being here. I really very sincerely appreciate it. And and my apologies for being a day late again. But like Shrek says, better late than never! Alright, bye guys. Love you. I'll talk to you next week. Peace.